lot of people have talked about you already on the show. Uh, but everyone, welcome Jordan Webb, one of my really good friends. Met the same exact way uh, as most people on the show. Met through Service Autopilot Academy. Um, Jordan's a stud of a guy. He owns two seasons, or did own. I don't know where he's at with two seasons. And he also owns Deckmasters. So um, I don't even know where all this is at. It's been a minute. But I have a good story to tell first. So when I was laying in bed one night trying to figure out Service Autopilot, not even trying to figure it out, like I was looking for a software platform, a cloud-based software platform, because I was so sick of struggling on the Excel spreadsheet in paper for routing. And signed up for Service Autopilot that night, laying in bed, pulled up uh, the Academy thing. I was like, what's this? I was like, man, it's you know, $797. I was like, I can't really afford it. But I had a credit card and I put my credit card in only because I watched your video. So Jordan is the reason that <laughs> I'm here. Jordan's the reason that I met Service Autopilot. Jordan's the, the whole reason that I'm, that everything happened to where it is today. So it's kind of a wild story, but it's just, uh, it's your biggest badass video. Uh, sharing your story of what you were going through at the time. And I was like, man, like, I think you, I told you this before. I was like, I just want to be like that guy. And your, your, your video is so inspiring. And I was like, I have to join. And so you're the, you're the reason that, that I, I made it to service out by. So thank you for that. But I just wanted to share that story quick. Yeah. Thanks for having, having me on here. I actually, uh, haven't listened to all the podcasts you've already, uh, done. I didn't know you're already in the fifties. That's awesome. So. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think Jonathan was episode fifty. Okay, and that was a few weeks ago, and then uh, yeah, then we finally crossed the year. So here we are. That's great. I love it. Top one percent. We're averaging you know, a couple thousand downloads a month, which has been pretty cool to see. That's great. It's been strange that you know people have been reaching out to me almost on maybe not daily but every other day every every week or so. so yeah we made it just over a year and uh again here we are that's been, great been, been, been a pretty wild ride mm -hmm. but anyway people have just been reaching out over the last you know week two weeks uh feels like every 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 couple of days someone's reaching out saying hey i've been watching your following your podcast listen you've really been helping me out a lot lately and it's just been it's been a crazy story um I had a person that was in pet, at Pest World last week in Hawaii, and she ran to this girl that was on the podcast. She said, "Hey, are you? A, weren't you just on a podcast?" So her name's Maria, and she's like, "Yeah, I was." And she's like, "Oh my god, you're famous! Can I take a picture of you?" And it's actually this podcast right here. So, and she's like, "Is he here?" And like, and she's like, "No, he's not." So she sent a picture. It's just super cool. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, just um, you know, kind of like yourself. Like we we want to make an impact, you know. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. I'm actually really glad this is my first official podcast. I've been invited to like 12 different podcasts for different reasons. Uh, this yeah. is the first one I pulled the trigger on. So um, awesome. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to have you on my podcast. So you said in the beginning, like this is Jordan Wabi owns two seasons and deck masters. Well, I sold two seasons. I own deck masters and I own Freedom Brothers, which is a, a consulting, it's a contracting mastermind group. So it's, uh, I may have already told you about it. I've been working on Freedom Brothers and wanting to do Freedom Brothers since 2015. And uh, it's launched. Um, we have, well, I'll just kind of tell you this just so you know, but it's really amazing. We have 27 contractors 
that meet every week at the same time. It's Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, where contractors from across the states all come together and actually uh, work on each other's businesses. So we do like contractor hot seats where they'll bring up business issues, family issues, marriage issues, uh, financial taxes, really anything. And we dive into it. And, and that community is 100% free. It's just contractors from Alaska, Hawaii, Florida, Connecticut, all come together and work on each other's businesses. It's a one hour sharp, like we wanna be respectful of everyone's time. Um, if you want to ever be a, a part of it, totally welcome to. There's landscapers. There's guys that uh, mo like do like multi-billion dollar property, well, million dollars, like $30 million properties here in uh, Maui. And uh, they're part of the community. There's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome group of guys for sure. Yeah, it's called Contractor Hot Seat. It's really awesome. Um, I'd love to have you on there too because uh, a lot of these guys, they're they're in pursuit of growing their business or take, growing their family or, or having a better family life or taking care of their body. It's actually broken up in the four things. Um, we focus on our faith, our family, our fitness, and our finances. Um, and so, uh, and it's all free. And then we have a paid community, a mastermind group called Freedom Brothers, where we have two retreats a year, one retreat in Alaska, one retreat in Hawaii. And Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we dive into each other's businesses. Um, and then there's only like a handful of contractors in that community, but those are like guaranteed results. And, and you know, guys like you and I coming together, like what we've experienced through uh, Service Autopilot Academy. So right on. So so you guys all know Jordan lives in Hawaii half the year and the other half the year is in Anchorage, right? Alaska? Yeah, I live uh, I live in Hawaii nine months a year and live in Alaska for three months. So so I'm assuming that it's June, July, August you live in. Uh, yeah, it's like May 15th, <laughs> like July, August, you know, so just summer months. Yeah, that's awesome. So with all the craziness going on in Hawaii, what was that like? It was really sad to see. Oh, you mean the, so you mean the fires, right? Yeah. Oh, fires yeah, were yeah. devastating. I thought you were talking about COVID. COVID was sad, but it was super rich for my family. Um, when it came to the fire, that's just devastating. It's like, it's unbelievable, truly. And actually it could have happened. Um, we had flames like half a mile from our house, 50 foot high. Like we could see the flames and the wind was blowing perfectly south from north to south. If the wind would have shifted a little bit like south west, it would have like come towards our home and it would have taken out Kihei. It would have, I mean... It's devastating what happened. Gotcha. So, um, not to get too like political or this, but yeah. there, was there a lot of propaganda around that, or like they're saying like how it happened? How they didn't sound the alarms, like all that? Like you were in it. So, what was it like over there? Yeah. So, surprisingly, what you heard is pretty close to what happened. Like um, police officers blocked off roads. Uh, they shut off the water. School was canceled, so kids were left at home. Parents were working, alarm was not sound. Um, people like literally just got engulfed in flames. And at the beginning, they were like saying like, oh yeah, 30 something bodies, you know, found. Well, that's because the fire burned so hot that the, the, the bodies disintegrated, literally, like into ash. And so they couldn't find bodies. So all that is left is like brick, rock, and metal. And the metal that's left is melted into like channels of the ground. So it, it, it's 
unreal how crazy that fire got. And you could like to, to, to today is anyone is it getting cleaned up or what's it what's the state of it now? Yeah, I I believe it's getting cleaned up. They put a like a fence all the way around it to block it off. It's kind of like a hazard zone. And uh, the first like couple of weeks, there was a lot of people going in there to helping bring like. Not necessarily in that area because everything just got destroyed, but more around the areas, helping people like get prescriptions filled, get food, and like because grocery stores, you know, everything's just like shut down. And um, actually, like we have friends that live in the mother-in-law of the house I'm living in right now, and they lost uh, like their house and three boats. They have a uh, like a commercial boating company. They lost three boats and their house and. Now they're living in like 500 square feet and it's just, yeah. And that's like one of thousands of people displaced. Yeah. So you were living there at the time. What were they saying to you guys? Like, um, well, actually, uh, it was just a small brush fire and um, like we watched it. I actually woke up four o'clock and went out into, um, I have an infrared sauna and I was sitting in the sauna and the, the, I can see the reflection in the glass door and there was like this little glow on the mountain. And I thought like, Oh, that kind of looks like a fire. And then as the sun came up, it was like more smoke. And I was like, Oh yeah, that is a fire. And I watched it. Um, but it's pretty normal. Like we see fires yearly all the time. Um, ever since they took out the farming in Hawaii, there's a ton of like dry lands that's just dead. And so when the fire starts, it just burns everything up real fast. And, but it usually goes from up, it goes up the mountain and stops at the top of the mountain because it runs out of stuff to burn. This was unique because the hurricane had the winds go down the mountain, which pushed the whole flames down from the mountain all the way to the ocean. So everything between where the fire started and the ocean literally got burnt up and it didn't stop until it ran out of fuel, which all there was left was water and rock and metal. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And then you brought up COVID too. Uh, you can touch on that real quick. Like you just like, it was just devastating, like it was sad because it was so quiet there. Or? Oh, I mean, it was sad to see like people had to sell their houses. People had to move out of state because it's expensive to live here. Like one of the, I think the second or third most expensive place to live in, in America. Um, and we live in Kihei and uh, Wailea is like really expensive as well. And people got, had to move off the island because they're so dependent on tourism. Tourism shut down. So dependent on car rental or car sales that shut down. Um, everything got like super regulated. It was really rich for my family and I. Um, it was amazing. Like we, everyone thought you couldn't go to the beaches. And so my wife and kids, you could go to the beach, but the rule was you can't put up a chair and you can't put up an umbrella. You had to, had to keep walking. And so my and I'm kind of always testing my limits and my boundaries. For sure. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, like uh, everyone was like scared. You can't go to the beach. I'm like, I'm going to go to the beach. Like I'll, I'll apologize later if like I do something wrong. And so we went to the beach almost every day and we had like our favorite beach all to ourselves, like all the time. It was amazing. Uh, but it was sad. I told my kids, I said, I... Like, I'm so grateful we get to experience this. Like, you guys get to experience this thing that you'll probably never, hopefully ever experience again. Um, like, just soak this up, but hopefully this never happens again. Cause for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so why don't you just tell everyone, like, how you, how you got in, into the industry? 
uh, kind of this few highlights along the way until your exit and then how you started deck masters and all that. Yeah. So I got into the industry. Um, my wife now for 15 years, we're dating in middle school, started dating at 13. Um, we got pregnant at 16 in high school. I remember I walked up to my dad. He was, it was a very trying season of life, very challenging in a lot of ways. Um, but my dad, I said like, what do I do? And he was like, you need to get a job. And I grew up working a lot. I loved working. I, I like was fulfilled through physical labor. Like that's just what's, I could not talk and just work for hours, right? So I was like, I'll just do everything I've been doing. Kind of like uh, I grew up in a small town in Alaska, Willow, Alaska. It's like 900, 1,000 people-ish um, that live there. And my um, I started my business there. So I was 16 years old. I w- it was about a month before I turned 17. And Kylie, um, our baby was due like a month later. And... We were just dating, started the business and started door knocking on every door. So I'd take a canoe or I'd take like our pontoon boat and drive down the lake and we'd pull up to a house. I'd leave a door flyer on all these doors on the lake. And uh, so these people that had cabins on the weekend, they would come to the property and they'd see like, oh, whoa, this guy could cut down trees, cut lawns, chop wood and get everything done. And so that's how I started. I just started letting everyone know on the lake and before you knew it like literally within two weeks i had like a full schedule i had so many retainer walls to build trees to cut and i oh and i did tell my story like i have a baby on the way i need to make money so people were like oh let's let's uh like we need these things done and this guy's willing to do them like let's get it on the schedule so that's where i started i got married uh a month later I turned 17, two weeks later, got married. Two weeks after that, had my oldest daughter. And um, six months after that, moved into Anchorage and moved my company into Anchorage, Alaska. So I kind of started fresh again on my second year, was doing lawn maintenance, uh, landscaping, and snow plowing with all my clients. And that's kind of where it started, but it was really a side gig to get into the, I was gonna be a chiropractor, that was the main reason that I went to college. So I moved in Anchorage, started going to school to be a chiropractor. And my degree was health science, did that for five years. While I was doing that from, from uh, 17 to 22, I worked for a company that built custom decks in Alaska. I worked for a realtor at night while my kids slept, um, painted vacant houses and switching out outlets and cleaning carpets and bathrooms. Um, did that while my family slept, went to school full time, so yeah, I went to school full-time, worked for a construction company, worked for this realtor, and then ran my business all for like five years. And that's where I started and kind of alluded to the video in the academy that I was not around. I literally would wake up between 3 and 4.30. And um, the one thing, I, the two things I would never sacrifice was eating dinner with my family at 6 p.m., and I would always sleep in my bed. Those are the two things I was like, I'm not gonna, like I could have left and worked on the oil fields and made six figures right off the get go. And I was just like, I'm not gonna do that. I wanna be home with my wife and kids. And I was young. Um, I should say that the month I moved into Anchorage to go to chiropractic college, I was 17 with a six month old baby, married for six months with my second baby on the way. And so there was a, there was a fire under my ass that was like, I need to keep moving. And 
I, and I did. Um, and before I know it, I was 19 with three kids and then 21 with four kids and 25 with five kids and then 30 with eight kids. Um, and so, yeah, now I have eight kids and it's, it's been a long journey. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really hard. But uh, as far as transitioning, I think you asked me to transition kind of how I got into Deck Masters. Like I said, I was working for that deck company. I uh, was running my business. And wh while I was running my business, not only was I building decks for myself, but I, was, um, I had a two-year non-compete with the company I worked for that I wouldn't build a deck for two years. And I respected that and listened to the, you know, I feel like no one really would have in that area. They kind of would have done whatever they wanted, but I felt like I, I should do that. So yeah, you're, you're, you're a good dude. Yeah. Really are. Well, well, thanks. And so I respected the two year non-compete, even though I was like, just couldn't wait to <laughs> build one deck with my landscape company. And, uh, once that two years up, I, I kind of started marketing and letting people know like, Hey, I build decks and started building decks. I quit chiropractic college. Um, so I, I should say that I was doing all those five things. Well, in 2012, I was getting ready to go to Davenport, Iowa to go to chiropractic college for five years. And it was going to cost like $400,000. I had four kids. I was 21 or 22. And um, yeah, I was 21. And I was two weeks away from actually show, uh, leaving Alaska and going there. And right when... Like right before, this is my story. Um, it felt like God told me to stay in Alaska, serve the city, and raise up men. It was like super clear. And that doesn't happen a lot. Like the only time I ever felt like that clear message was when I was 13 years old. I felt like God told me I was going to marry my wife. And I just said, okay. Actually, another time, uh, this is the third time. I don't know if I've ever told you the story about Jonathan Potoshnik, uh, the, you know, co-founder of service autopilot and who was part of uh, actually he was on your your thing your podcast he was yeah, yeah. so jonathan um uh, i this is a crazy story i was uh i was 18 years old mowing lawns with my best friend and i'm going to school to be a chiropractor i'm building decks for this company and people are like that's impossible you couldn't have done all those things no it was possible because i actually did like still to this day i've been married for 15 years kylie's never had a job ever never had a w-2 check ever and like our priority was she's gonna take care of the home she's gonna do what she can to be an amazing wife and amazing mom homeschool mom she takes kids on adventures all the time like that's what we want we didn't want her to like be a dual income home and so that's something that uh is fairly unique especially with eight kids living in hawaii and alaska back and forth um so but back to the story i'm i'm, I'm 18 years old watching jonathan's Lawn Care Millionaire YouTube channel. I'm like, it's like 2009, 2010. And I'm just, this is like a side hustle for me just to pay for college and just to increase my lifestyle so that I can take my friends camping and like pay for all the meals. Like I just wanted to make memories. And, and so the lawn care business was a temporary business that paid for college and paid for lifestyle. Well, I'm watching this, trying to better my lawn care company. And Jonathan's like showing his trucks and showing how he made it. And I'm just like, this is gold. Like no one shows their competitors what they're doing. I'm, this guy's awesome. And uh, oh, out of nowhere, I get this overwhelming 
since like it was the voice that said you're going to be his friend and i was so blown off by this i sat back in my chair and i just thought i looked at my best friend at the time daniel i said daniel i'm going to be his friend like i'm telling daniel like i'm going to be his friend and then daniel starts slapping his leg falls on the ground laughing because i'm super optimistic and i dream big and he's like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, this guy lives in a different state. He's a millionaire. Like, we're living in a tiny apartment. We got kids. Like, there's no way you're going to be this guy's friend. And then, sure enough, I went to the first service autopilot conference. And uh, that's where it all started. I joined the academy. And uh, the rest is history. But I never, I don't get that voice very often. But every time I have, it's happened. Like, it, literally, it's happened. It was, I'm going to marry my wife, and I did, and then I'm going to be friends with Jonathan. And then it was uh, stay in Alaska and do these things. And I had so much peace about it. I was like, wow, I just went to college for like four years, and I'm going to stop everything to jump into landscaping. You know, like that's crazy. Um, anyway, I feel like I was rambling on a little bit. No, it was great. But like, it was funny going back to like the memories that you had of like finding Jonathan online and watching his content over and over and over watching all his videos getting the notifications when, he, when a new video would pop up and then going to meet him for the first time but like <clears throat> he's a celebrity that we're best friends already and he doesn't even know it and then he looks at you like, I'm like hey jp what's going on he's like who the hell is this dude you know so funny <laughs> yeah but uh he's again it's, it's so weird like i i didn't i didn't get that feeling that you thought but i was like man it'd be awesome if i could just meet this guy Right. And now to say that he's one of my best friends is so weird. Mm -hmm. And I get to hang out with him. I get to talk to him whenever I want to. Like, it's just, it's surreal. And next thing you know, fast forward seven years, now I'm speaking at their conference this, next week. And it's just, it's just strange how it all just played out. It's very, very strange. I didn't know you were speaking too. I can't believe I'm missing out on all this. John, I know. You're speaking. It's just I, strange. It's amazing. Um, I'll be speaking at a conference in, in Dallas in January and it'll be for contractors, it'll be for remote contractors. So that's, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And uh, at first I was like, okay, it'd be cool to go speak there, but I was speaking to all my friends, which is very strange because they all did the same thing I did. So uh, I'm just going to go into it thinking like, I'm just going to tell everyone what works for me, not say you got to go do this, go do that. Like right. it's kind of like the podcast. I'm just trying to share what we do, what we do what works well for us. And if they can take some information out of it, I think it'd be great. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so bad. then, so then you, you say so you, you, you join service autopilot Academy and is it the next year when you make the video, the SA two, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that first year of being a part of the Academy is when I made a huge transition. Um, and it was, it couldn't have been better timing. Like our marriage was on the fritz. Uh, it was like, no matter how hard we tried, we weren't getting traction. It was like everything was broken in the sense of our, our family operating systems, our business operating systems. Like there was no, it was just chaos, just straight chaos. I mean, at this time I'm 21 years old with four kids and, um, it was a lot of responsibility and then all the clients, um, yeah, so it was, it brought so much structure and simple structure, not like structure, like you got to do all these things. It was more like time blocking. That was huge. Um, where I, I basically told 
myself where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing at that specific time. And I wouldn't argue with it. I would just do it. And that literally changed my life. Like I operate that today, like literally like in a journal. Um, yeah. So that was the beginning of it. Yeah. So then you make the video that year and the business evolves. Then I was unaware that you sold it. I know we talked not too long ago. You still had it. Just like two months ago, I sold it. Okay. So, awesome. Um, so yeah. So I had, I had uh, a lot's happened in the last several years. At one point, like two years ago, I owned two season services. I owned um, a home building company, a custom home oh, building yeah, company. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. started with my friend. That was awesome. I love that business. I'll, I'll get into it eventually, but um, I'm staying very focused on what I'm doing right now. And then I was also owning Deckmasters. And uh, so in the last like year and a half or so, I got out of the home building business. It's still going, actually. It's a healthy company. But uh, it was my first partnership I've ever done. And my friend, I partnered with one of my closest friends and he approached me and he was just like, he had this voice inside of him that said that he wants to do it alone. Like he wanted to prove to himself that he didn't need me. And I don't know if that's something that I would want to try to convince him, you know, like, like that's something he needs to figure out on his own. So I just removed myself from the business and let him take it from there. Um, I, but I love that business because I hope that was a custom home building company where it was cost plus 20%, um, soon to be moving to cost plus 25% and super easy, uh, awesome clients, good quality work. It was great. So I got out of that business. My lawn care company was kind of chugging along. Uh, we we're doing like, it was like a hundred, it was pretty small, like 120 properties a week. And just kind of consistently chugging along. And I was waiting for the right team to actually come and have a vision and like build it with me. And I just yep. kept it in the back burner and, and it would do several hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and I'm just waiting. Well, that person never came along. And while I was building Deck Masters, how I transitioned into Deck Masters was in a way kind of forcefully. So I'll tell that story a little bit. Um, behind the scenes of everything I've said so far, my wife has like horrible autoimmune health issues, like debilitating. And that was actually the main, that's why I live in Hawaii is for my wife. And now actually for me, for my kids, for our businesses, there's a lot of factors now that I see, but at first it was just for my wife because she was, uh, she couldn't, she had asthma, she had Crohn's, she, celiacs and possibly even limes but we were tired of all the diagnosis we're just like whatever like she was falling apart couldn't eat anything and she would yeah i don't want to get into any details but it was rough and like she had rashes on her skin she i'd come into the room she'd be blacked out on the ground like just lack of oxygen um, just super scary super dependent on drugs fast forward uh 2012, actually, a, a doctor prescribed on a prescription piece of paper in Alaska. She said, move to Hawaii. And that's all she said. And it was all, all cap letters. It's in our fridge in Alaska, on our fridge, like move to Hawaii. And I was a little bit frustrated. Like what kind of doctor would say move to a different state? Like this is weird. Well, um, we started experimenting by coming to Hawaii for three to four, six weeks 
And every time Kylie would get off all of her prescriptive drugs, like every single time. And we thought, oh, maybe it's because she's pregnant, which was often, or maybe it's because she's in her <laughs> It was like, I think the first 12 years of our marriage, Kylie was pregnant and or nursing every month other than like six months. Like it was crazy. Um, and that also didn't help her. But when she was pregnant, she felt better because her immune system calmed down to save the baby. And then when she had the baby, it would just just take a horrible nosedive and get way worse. Well, um, we started experimenting. We saw it actually working. So every time we came to Hawaii, she'd get better. I was like, wow. Well, one year I just came here for like uh, six weeks. It was uh, actually the, after the hardest year. I was nearly bankrupt. So I should. do you think I should uh, share that story? Where like Absolutely, 100%. Okay. So 2017, I'm all over the place trying to grow my company and um, doing this huge landscape project in Alaska, dredging out a lake. It was 1,100 lineal foot uh, retainer wall in the water of a lake that was, it was originally built in like the 70s and we were rebuilding it. And um, it was a man-made section of the lake. Well, we're doing this project, fast forward, guys are lying on their time cards. And so we have false time cards, false payroll. On top of that, we have payroll taxes that are due that I couldn't even afford. Payroll in one quarter was over $300,000. Payroll taxes was like 87,000 just for that quarter. And I couldn't pay for it. Um, we also had a piece of equipment fall through the frozen ice into the lake, uh, which caused damage, which opened up a lawsuit. And then the IRS was literally knocking on my door um, demanding they were driving around like a yellow Hummer, which I thought was weird, looking for me, calling me, like yelling at me, yelling at Kylie. They actually found Kylie, but they couldn't find me. And um, it was really scary. Like we were chased by the IRS basically to pay this 87,000. And uh, I couldn't, like not even a little bit. The client didn't even pay. Like, it was a huge mess. It blew up in my face. Well, as time went on, I kept just like, you know, paying vendors off as I could just, you know, with more money that I was making because that client ended up still not paying me, which is super disappointing. Uh, he owed like 50 something thousand dollars. And then I think just in this project, we were negative $172,000, just this one project, let alone losing money elsewhere, a lack of management. So this is 2017. And um, 2018 comes around and I'm just like making money and I'm working on actually, uh, just like slowly paying off vendors and I'm communicating to everyone like, Hey, we're going to get this taken care of. I'll make it right. I'm really sorry. And just doing the slow way of paying through things. And I had 22 guys with six trucks. We we're doing 300 something properties at this time with, uh, two seasons on top of landscape jobs on top of decks. And what happened was uh, I had like 75% of my team members were using drugs. And I was like trying to help them recover and relapse, like, sorry, not relapse. They kept relapsing. I was trying to help them recover. And it, the culture of the company went from like guys like me and my friends and um, awesome guys doing the work, super clean, like not actually on drugs. It went from that to now most of the company, like everyone's using drugs or whatever it was. 
and it just got really, really dirty and really like we weren't, we didn't have the integrity that we needed to at the time. Well, fast forward a little bit. Um, I was fed up with it and there was about seven more weeks left to the year. I, and I couldn't do it anymore. Like we weren't doing the quality that we needed to. And I just said, I emailed a mass, all 300 and something clients and just said, Hey, we're, we're done with your, with the fall. We're going to see you in the spring and we'll take care of your winter mass email, stop services. We had, like, we had seven more weeks left, fired everyone, but one person put everything in the connex, like just locked it up. And then I went to Hawaii for six weeks trying to figure out if I should file for bankruptcy or if I should keep moving forward on this slow payback system that I was on. And uh, I was being advised by like five individuals. Jonathan was one of them. Jason Cup was another. And most were advising, hey, I, I think bankruptcy might be a better option for you. And Jonathan uh, gave me my favorite advice, which was, uh, he said, Jordan, I think only you know what you should do. And he was right. Like I knew deep down what I needed to do. And it wasn't file for bankruptcy. It was just do the right thing, keep moving forward, but in a more aggressive way. And um, so at this time, it's November 2018 Service Autopilot Conference. While I'm at the conference, my wife and our five kids are in Hawaii. And um, I'm basically debating, like debating bankruptcy, no bankruptcy, bankruptcy, no bankruptcy, talking to as many people as I can, trying to get information. And Jonathan, at one of his talks, I was sitting front and center and it felt like he was talking to me. It was, I think it may have been his opening like keynote. And he started asking this question and it felt like it was just me and him in the room. It was so cool. <laughs> this is a core memory that I have. And he said, what is the one service that you do best? And in my head, I said, deck building. He said, what is the service that you can sell the easiest? And I was like, deck building. What is the service that your clients get the best experience? Deck building. What is the service? He asked like seven or eight questions. What is that one service? What's the most profitable service that you offer? Deck building. What's the service that you offer that's the most revenue? Deck building. I was like, holy cow. And it, I, in my head, I was like, I just need to start a deck building business. And so that's what I did. I, I get back to Hawaii um, and on my way to, actually on the flight to Hawaii, I almost died, literally. This actually changed my life too. So that happened in Dallas. I'm flying from Dallas to Maui. Um, it's a, or maybe da uh, Dallas to Oahu, but either way, flying to Hawaii. And we had the worst turbulence. I love flying. It's like my favorite thing, truly actually my favorite thing. Um, flying a small plane, big plane, doesn't matter. I love being in the air. And while we're flying, we had the worst turbulence ever. The plane's dropping. It's got to be dropping 70, 100 feet at a time. Things were flying up, hitting the ceiling. People were hitting their head on the ceiling. People were screaming. Things were falling. There. People were uh, on their knees praying. People were, oh, uh, it was. Throwing up. Oh, you have? No, I was, I've been on a plane similar to this going into Vegas one year. Same thing. People were throwing up. People were screaming. They were praying. 
uh, we, when we landed, no, it's no joke. There was a small plane with the wing busted off, like a 75 mile crosswinds. It was a wild ride. Yep. So the same thing. And I took ground school like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And I studied like how planes were built. My grandpa worked at Boeing and I just, I, I was sitting at the window and I looked at the wing and I just saw the wing moving so aggressively. And I thought that wing is not made to have that type of force on that thing. Like that wing's going to fly off and this plane's going to go down into the Pacific. And I was, I was 99% sure we were going to die. And so I, I just stopped and I just started praying. I said, God, please, like, I do not want to die. Like, please, like, I don't want to die. I started like begging God, like, I want to live. And, and the, vo the voice came back. God said, uh, he said, what are you afraid of? And I said, well, I don't want to leave my wife and kids. Like I'm their protector, I'm their provider. Like I want to walk my daughters down the aisle. I want to live a long life. Like one of my goals is to live to be 109 years old. And if I do that, I'll live in three centuries. Like that's a goal. Like I want to live a long life. And he's like, what are you afraid of? I was like, I'm afraid of leaving my family. And one, leaving them into this mess of potential bankruptcy. Like I can't die right now. And the response was, do you care about your wife and kids more than I do? Meaning does God, like, do I care more about my wife and kids than God does? And I thought to myself like, no, like God cares about my wife and kids more than I do. Like, I truly believe that. And then the response was, well, then what are you afraid of? Meaning like I have your wife and kids. And then I, the, my response was nothing. Like I'm, I'm actually afraid of nothing. And I got this supernatural peace and on the plane and it made no sense to me because we're still going up and down very aggressively and I, nothing could have shook me. Nothing could have made my blood pressure go up. I was calm. I felt like I was not, not even in the plane. It was the weirdest thing and it's never left me. And that created this foundation of fearless, of there's no failing, actually. Like, I believe there's no such thing as failing. It's just, you're either going to keep moving forward or you're going to quit. If there's no, like, fail. Like, failing would be quitting. And it, this that experience literally created the foundation of what birthed after this. So, mind you, this is November of 2018. I moved to Hawaii with my wife and five kids with my sixth kid on the way at 28 years old for six months a year, uh, eight months later, nine months later. Literally like that, that happened. I've been here for five years or this is our fifth year that we're going into. Um, so it's just crazy how things quickly moved into that. But I, I started deck masters and, um, and it grew super fast and very successfully. And we just kept niching down and we said no more than we said yes, meaning we found our niche of clients that we wanted to work with and we found who we didn't want to work with. And our clients had to fit in this specific, you know, type of avatar of a client. And we only service these clients and they love us. <laughs> like it's the, it's the easiest, funnest business I've ever built. Truly. Yeah, that was, that was deep. I actually, when you tell me a story, I got the chills. Wow. And so do your clients have really big deck decks or really small decks? 
Um, our clients have probably average deck. <laughs> the, have you ever seen that video of the guy from New Zealand? <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, sorry. So our clients have average decks and they're probably, our average client is like middle-aged between like 35, 55-ish, like right around there. That's not middle-aged, but with our client base it is. And uh, most likely two working people, you know, mom and dad working, uh, kids in school or just getting out of school and they want a deck, they have the money, but they don't know how to build the deck. And if they did, they don't really want to. And so those are our clients. And our average deck is about $22,000. And um, it used to take us about two weeks to do profitably. And now we're getting them done in about a day and a half. And uh, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> truly amazing. Is there that many decks out there in Hawaii? So I'm doing zero decks in Hawaii. Actually, oh, so they're all in Alaska. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent remote contractor. So that's what I help contractors do is create wow. the systems. Like I, I do all of our sales hundred percent remotely. I never step foot. No one in my whole team steps foot on a property to present an estimate. We we're going to be doing about three million dollars this year, and like right below three million, maybe. I'm bringing on a whole new crew, so we might actually break three million. But um, we literally don't step foot on our properties until we're starting the project, unless the client wants us to, which is probably ten percent, five percent of the time. Super rarely. So do you have to fly back for that, or do you have someone that uh, in Anchorage that go do it? Yeah, so I don't fly back for anything. Um, we just have a team member. We have a whole sales process and a touch point. Um, I, I built a whole system. It's kind of like a Kanban view, but it's every project goes through a Kanban and then it's also tied to a Gantt chart and uh, for scheduling. And every section has like a person on our team who's responsible for that whole section. And whenever a client project goes into that, they have to take it, move it to the next one. And then, you know, we address it from there. Super clean, super easy. And yeah, we're doing 100% remotely. Like I, I was, I'm like, I'm sales. So I, I talked to the client one time now and uh, I was actually, so like nine months ago, I was involved with every estimate, 100% of them because I didn't want to let that go because I didn't have the perfect system. Well, over the last like nine months or so, we got to where I could be, I don't have to be involved at all. Like literally me, like, I can trust my team, all of our systems are estimating. And what I did is I have a VA from the Philippines who we have uh, multiple different emails and I have multiple companies. And so I don't like email, I can't stand email. All emails go to the VA in the Philippines and she filters them and she's fantastic. Her name's Angelica, I love her. Um, I'm actually gonna meet with her next week cause we're gonna promote her and give her more work and more responsibilities. She's awesome uh, and then when she's done, she passes it to our office manager. And then our office manager takes all the emails and solves all of them. And then if she can't solve an email, she will pass it on to me. So I'll get like one out of 150 emails, maybe. And it'll be scheduled because I hate email. Um, uh, but I love phone calls. I love meeting with clients over the phone. I love uh, conflict resolution, all that kind of stuff. Um, team building, culture, recruiting. That's kind of my whole thing and sales for sure 
That's super awesome. So going back to the story then, have you been able to pay off most of the, of your debt from the IRS, from the, the, the back taxes, like the, uh, the vendors, things like that? Yeah. So a year ago, uh, this month, actually, or last month, October, we paid off the IRS, completely done. Um, the excavator that was damaged, it was like $63,000 we owe. I think we will have that paid off in like two more years or something like that. Were they, yeah, I was going to say, were there all these people were pretty cool about it? The IRS, obviously, they say what a payment plan. Um, IRS has been kind of confusing, especially through covid um, I had a installment plan with them set up. And then when COVID hit, the lady that was working on it, like dropped the ball. And, and I called like nine months later, like, hey, I'm not, these payments aren't coming out of my account. And she's like, oh yeah, I just need to submit it. And then like nine months later, I was like, you're still not pulling money out. And then they fired her and hired a new person. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, uh, the IRS is super unorganized and well, they just hired 80,000 agents. I know. It's ridiculous. They also just emailed me again, or sorry, mailed me again and said that I owed like 20,000 more dollars from that same time. And I'm like, you guys are all over the place. So it, there's, there, we're still trying to figure something out, but I did pay what was due 2017. It was third quarter taxes, 2017, totally paid. Super awesome. What about the vendors and the small ones like that? Yeah, all vendors, everyone. No, literally bankruptcy is not even like, it's like all that's behind us. We're moving forward. Um, yeah, it's, it's super amazing. So then how does this, how does the sale of the two seasons come about then? Uh, that's because it was a distraction. Um, the team that I had. Uh, so you fired everyone that year, 2018, roughly. Uh, yeah, we, we opened it back up. And we had the 300-something clients. We actually fired every every client down to like 60, and then we raised the prices, and then we slowly built it up on a whole new pricing uh, system, which was such a good idea. Actually, that business, the best model that I found out, it I was afraid to do it for a lot of years, is raise price every year. And you will get the clients that complain the most to just fall off and not be clients. And then the clients that are great are like, yeah, absolutely. We love you guys. And you know, they pay you gladly. And then you get more new clients at that new rate. It's way better. And I did that as like a cadence and it took me a while to have the courage to do it. But once I did it, it was a no brainer. Um, so that's a huge, just if you're in that industry or, or an industry warrior within several hundred dollars a month of services that it's recurring, you've got to raise the price, have to. It's like a no-brainer. And with inflation, this whole inflation, like 47% inflation, right? I mean, really, it's probably even more than that, but um, that taught everyone across the nation about price increase and inflation. Prior to that, the government used to hold inflation down. It used to prevent inflation from happening. And so clients for like three decades, clients never really thought and understood that prices should go up. They would always want to push back. And now it's like, well, we get it. Like everything went up, you know? So, yeah. So then how does the sale come about then? How did, like you said, I know you got too focused, but then like, was that hard for you to let your baby go or just sent full send? It's still hard to let my baby go. 15, uh, 16 years, it's still hard. Um, I'm thankfully still involved, 
the the gentleman that bought the company he owns the company he bought it i'm still involved because i care a lot in the sense of like just passing it off and making sure it's being taken care of properly um so he's a part of he actually jumps on the uh contractor hot seat calls and uh, we'll learn from guys all over together so that we can just keep in touch and keep moving along it was it was very hard it's actually still hard um, but I didn't sell the name two seasons. I sold the client list and the assets. Um, and I was actually surprised. I thought I was only going to get not a lot from it, like 50 grand or something like that. Um, I'll be making probably close to 110 ish thousand from the sale, which kind of blew me away. Um, well, and that's all including assets, you know, client list assets. And then I also worked at a and uh, I guess an agreement for him where we have organic leads coming through our website, like automatically, like three to five a day because of our SEO and the marketing stuff that we did. And um, we're working on a deal where he actually will take these leads and pay me for them. Just the leads that I get on the website, which is pretty cool. So why did you not sell the two seasons name? Because I have a debt attached to it. And okay. There's it was kind of a a messy transition, and then also Alaska. If you're live in Alaska, there's the kind of a play on words with two seasons. There's construction and winter, and I see myself as like a contracting business owner, like a construction business owner, and we'll eventually, like I'll eventually own like hundreds of businesses across the nation big portfolio company of businesses, also real estate, cash flowing that, like that's where I'm headed. Um, and then the mastermind group, like those are the three like things that I just know are, they're gonna come to pass for sure. Well, two, yeah, two seasons can be construction and winter. And so it, it, and our SEO is so good and we still get deck leads through there too, cause it's a general contracting landscape company. And so I, I kind of just kept it to like create leads but I'm unsure about the name. I've never sold a name, never sold like, you know, a, that whole system yet. So I, uh, it was a quick decision to sell the client list and the assets. That was easy. The rest of it with the debt and everything, I got to figure that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, you brought up a good topic though. Like just for example, for the people that are listening, whether it's just say like pest control or lawn care, whatever it may be like a $500 client versus a 5,000 or a $50,000 client. The $500 client's one who's always just bitching and complaining that you missed this and missed that and didn't do this and didn't do that. And that $50,000 person that you, that you can pay a year, they're like, never hear from them, checks in the mail. That's all they say. It's so crazy. It is. So you, and then finding your niche, like you said, of, of, of the, of the customer that you're going after your customer avatar, like, it's so it's so much easier to work with those people. Right. But, you know, just starting out for a lot of people that are listening, it's hard to get there, right? Like, it takes a while to figure it out. Yeah. No, it is. A lot of that's trial and error, you know, just getting yourself out there. Yeah. Is there a lot of, I mean, a lot of decks in Anchorage? Like, I mean, it's a, Anchorage is like 800,000, if, if I remember right. The population, is that it, am I correct? No, though? Anchorage is uh, 320, I think. 320? 20, 20, okay. It used to be gotcha. close to the four, but it's gone down. Alaska is like 700,000, the whole state of Alaska. Um, so so do, you, do, you see, do you see yourself running out of decks to build or is it like just a never-ending thing? No, I don't because uh, 
huge development residential market in the 80s and 90s and 70s. You know, there's a lot of homes built. All those decks are getting rotten. They need to be replaced. Um, and I guess maybe in 15 years, maybe, I don't know, but there's so much development happening, neighborhoods, people are moving further into like the country areas, less in the city, you know. And now that COVID's all through, is, is everyone starting to move back now? Like, are more people starting to move back into Alaska and Hawaii? Um, Alaska is almost turning into like a, my opinion, like a dead state, unfortunately, because uh, oil got shut down and uh, the fish. So oil, tourism and fish are like super huge in Alaska. Fish is getting hit hard and they're making crazy regulations on fish. Um, and then the oil is like nearly non-existent, but there's word that it, there's something coming, uh, which is good. Cause that an election maybe, uh, no, there's something, well, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but there's something coming in the sense of, uh, there's like an oil drilling company coming in, like, gonna create, cause they create so many jobs for Alaskans. Like I actually, I remember one day I had like 22 clients cancel on me. And I, I like looked at them. It was like three days and like 22 people like canceled. And I was like, what happened? So I started researching like, wait, they all live in like the same neighborhood. They're all in the oil industry. And it was when uh, Obama was in office and he like shut down a huge oil plant up in Alaska. And literally like my favorite clients all lost their job. And I used to think that they were like the high dog on the totem pole. And they all were fired in a second, having to sell their house and move like instantly. And at that mo moment, I realized like, wow, no one's no one's stable. No one has a stable position. Even if you're the top dog at, a, you know, making hundreds of thousands of dollars in the oil industry, like you're not stable. Like you'll only create stability in your life in, in the way that you pour into your life and invest in yourself and take massive action, you know, in that way. Is there a reason that you're not doing decks in Hawaii or is it just against the whole model? Like the whole um, remote contract? I think the thing? biggest thing is I'm perfecting the deck model so well and we're getting such huge levers and success from it that I could easily do that. But decks in Alaska uh, or in Hawaii, they don't really think of decks like they do. Like they, they're more patio concrete, um, less like composite decking. They're, Alaska entertains in the summer on their decks. And so summertime, like the sun goes in like a circle, basically, and you know, it's up all the time. People want to just be on their deck, barbecuing with their friends and family. And uh, Hawaii is not so much. They're on their lanai, like they don't have a lot of decks. And then they either go, you know, to the beaches or hikes and stuff. So it's not like as big of a focus here. Yeah. And so you've created this super awesome model, the remote contractor. You figured it out by living in two different states. And you're like, hey, like other people need to learn this skill. Yeah. So you say, hey, I'm going to go make a mastermind to do this, which does not surprise me. <laughs> How did you launch that? Uh, I've been working on this with a friend of mine that lives in Washington since like. I remember you telling me a couple of years ago, if he was like, yeah, he uh, moved to Washington 2018 and we had the foundation of Freedom Brothers. Um, I've been talking and journaling about Freedom Brothers since 2015. Actually, it was it kind of came out of my heart, like journaling. And um, I grew up with brothers only. 
And I love the man-to-man way of communicating, just direct to the point. And I love the camaraderie with guys. Um, I'm de- it's a community where we will bring wives in, but the community itself is just for men. And it's for men who own businesses. And so how I launched that is through friends. So I have like a whole network of contractors and friends that are in the industry and just talking to them, uh, conversing with them, helping them with their businesses, helping them with their marriage, their kids, all those things, right? Um, And that's the biggest thing is we want to focus on, there's seven actually factors, but four of them are like the biggest. And it's what I found is when I focus on my faith, which is different for everyone, like, you know, not believing in God can be your faith, (laughs) truly. Uh, Your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finances. So, all four of those things are a priority. And everyone that joins this community, we we ask that they, in order to join, you have to commit to being able and willing to talk about those things and committing to be the best version of yourself in those areas. And if you can't commit to all four, then you're probably not a good fit. Because, and it doesn't have to be like this denomination or that denomination in faith. It's just like, dude, just commit to knowing yourself spiritually, knowing where you're going, understanding that world, uh, your physical body. Like, I don't know if you can probably not tell, but I lost like 40 pounds. In you look great. Years. I dude, trust me. I can tell. This is the beginning. I was going to say it. I was <laughs> going to say it. you look, you look shredded already. You look great. dude. Uh, so my daughter who's fifth, uh, 14, I have uh, three daughters. My daughter, who's 14, she was looking at Tommy, who's the Spider-Man guy. Um, Tom, no, Spider-Man, hold on. I have a picture, actually. I'll show it. Um, She was looking at this picture on the computer uh, right there. Do you see that? Yep. Yep. It's the Spider-Man guy, right? Yeah. Um, I can't remember his Tom, not Tom Hardy. Anyway, um, she was looking at that and I, I kind of walked behind her and I was like, why are you looking at those pictures? And, you know, kind of like, just like, what's going on here? And she's like, he's so cute. And I was like, I said, Vivian, I was, I was like, he's not even that good looking. She's like, he's really ripped. I said, I can look better than him at Christmas. And she looked at me, she's like, no, you can't. I said, watch me. And so I've been like super determined to, um, this is like, I, these next two months, I'm still cutting. I'm going to be building come the beginning of the year. But I, uh, John DeCostmaker taught me about uh, Superhuman. And I j- actually joined that community. So this is my first week being a part of it. Um, but I got myself here and I plateaued for like six months. And I kept experimenting with things like, and I'm talking physically. Like, you know, maybe I, I did like a, a mile and a half sprint. And I, I tried eating a certain way. And I tried being active this and I kept doing what made sense in my mind and nothing was changing for like six months. And then when I saw John's photo uh, on Facebook, I couldn't believe it. I just called him. I was like, John, like what the heck happened, man? This is amazing. And uh, then he shared it with me and I joined. So uh, this is the beginning. I've committed the next 12 months. I've also haven't drank like any alcohol since uh, April 13th. Um, of this year. So that's kind of been a change. I just felt like I should. Doesn't mean I'll never drink, but um, I'll drink when that time comes. You know, that's, I don't know when that's going to be, but my goal was six months and it's been like six and a half months. Yeah, you know, you look incredible. Congratulations. Uh, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's actually really exciting, truly, because 
I didn't realize how bad I got. I, I see pictures. And I'm just like, what the heck? That was crazy how that, like, I never thought that was possible. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. So, so then you get, you get these people into the group, right? There's, you focus on the four things. And then from that group, do you try to choose the ones who go into your, your paid version? Um, the paid version, you have to be doing over like a half a million dollars a year to make sense. And we can for free help you get there quickly, like within. So historically with the clients that we work with, we've helped them get to a seven figure business within seven weeks. Like that's what we're able to do. And this is with contractors. So this is where contractors are selling services between 10 and $40,000. And it's stupid easy to get those revenue marks. The hard part is making sure you're making profit, managing the team, managing the client's expectation on the schedule, doing a good job. And uh, so we have guaranteed results in the paid. The free is like camaraderie, everyone working together, just helping. It's awesome. It's like this. Um, and as the paid gets bigger and bigger, we'll do more things like we've done in, in the academy because it the foundation of, of Freedom Brothers truly started with my experience in the academy and how it transformed everything in my mind. Like I would not be here, period, if it wasn't for the mastermind group of Service Autopilot Academy. Like it changed my life. It will change my kids' lives. Like was it worth it? It was priceless, literally, truly. <laughs> um, and so what, yeah, and, and so this Contractor hot seat is like a cadence where we just jump in and dive into the hot seat. Some guys like it to get really hot and really like us poking at their business and their life or their marriage. Well, it's a good thing, right? It's, it's a good totally. thing. Like that's what real friends do. Yep. Like, yeah, man, that's not good. That's not right. You can't do that. Like fix that now. Like that's what real friends do. It's guys are just like, eh, it's, you know, whatever. Like those people don't truly care. It's the same thing with marriage. So like if, if you're, if your best friend's doing something stupid, right? Like call them out. Like, man, that's not right. Don't do that. And they're like, yeah, you're probably right. But those are your real friends. hundred percent. And that's kind of, it was kind of like our group, right? And I felt like Academy was that way too. Like we had the hot seats and people are calling you out and people texting on the side or calling you like, yeah, it was, I loved it. Yeah, I did too. Um, I did have one question for you though, about the hot seat. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's in regards to your podcast. Cause I, my advice that has been given to me through mentorship um, was starting a podcast. And so we're doing like a mini on mini hot seat where like everyone comes together. I want to do a form like this one on one um, podcast style, diving into actually specific things and hearing their stories and hearing contractors from all over the world. Um, the question I have for you, if you don't mind doing this, is uh, would you recommend me naming like the podcast, like contractor hot seat or like Jordan Webb or freedom brothers, you know, that's the part of, I know that's a minimal thing. It's not a big yeah. deal. Right. I think it's just the brand that you're going after, right? If you're trying to build your personal brand of Jordan Webb, that's what I would do. If you're trying to build a freedom oh, I brand, leaning towards Jordan Webb for sure. Yeah. If you're trying to, if you're trying to grow your personal brand, like the pest control Mainers, our personal brand, you know, if you're trying to grow that stick with that name. Yeah. Gotcha. That'd be, that would be my recommendation. But what do I know? I like, I know I like contractor hot seat cause it speaks to contractors. It does. I agree. I, th I think I'm 
Yeah, I think in that setting, I would rather contractors learn and hear from other contractors. Like you'd be surprised. Well, you wouldn't be surprised, but. But that's what I was saying. Like if, if you know, if you're trying to, whatever you're trying to brand, like if you're trying to brand the contractor hot seat, definitely change that. So whatever you, whatever you really want to grow and brand, that's what I would use. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah. And it's fun. Like the hot seats are fun. It just, that's, that's really where you learn. Yeah. And yeah, it, it can, you can get some tough love, right? Uh, but yep. you have to humble yourself. Like you don't have all the answers. Like you need to grow. You need to get better. Totally. So there was a year, like I had this written down. I don't know that year was, didn't you like go up and read like an obscene amount of books one year? Like it was like, maybe it was like 60 or 70 books or something a year. Like, like you just didn't talk to anyone, didn't listen to anything. I was just straight books the whole year. Yes. Um, actually, I did that like three years in a row. I think for, in like three years, I read like 190 something books or something like that. Um, and I, I'm not on that same cadence, to be clear, uh, that that changed a little bit. I think since then. So that was 2016, 17, 18. Uh, I think 18, I almost fell off of it. 19 and 20 anyway. But, but, but we went from learning, learning, learning to implement, 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 implement. Yes. And I started finding that pattern of these books. I was hearing the same stuff and it all came down to taking action. It all came down to like this book right here, ready, fire, aim. Like you got to, to find the answer. It's not by reading a book. Well, though reading a book could get you the answer, but it's taking action after reading the book, not just reading the book. Like I know people that have read Literally not kidding you. I know one guy specifically has read like thousands of books. Well, that wouldn't be good if you only just read the books. You got to do and take action and make change. Absolutely. So, and that's the roadblock where people run into though. I hear a day in and day out from, from, from people who are in the industry, like they're just not willing to do what most people will. Like the, the people that will, I should say are the ones that are going to go out and do it. It's the ones that just sit there and think, and it's like the, the paralysis by analysis, right? Like they, they have all the information, but they don't know what to do with it. It's like, just go do the work, you know, like go knock the door. Like you did to start the business, go ride around on a boat. you like, yeah, you don't know the outcome. You don't you know if it's good or bad, but you're only going to get better. You're only going to get better, only be stronger, better leader, all of the above. Should I knock the door yesterday for real? Like, I'm no, I'm no better than anyone else. Like, I'm not going to send out people that to go do something that I wouldn't do. Should I have done it? Was, was it worth my time? Probably not, but I was driving by and it's such a nice house. I couldn't not knock it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I want, I want to add if we, if we're good on time, uh, you, to fully answer your question, this is a great example of just moving forward is how I launched freedom brothers. Okay. I've never built a mastermind group. I've never built a community of contractors. I've never done that. And I've read, I've read, I've listened, I've seen it done. I've been a part of it. Um, I've been a part of multiple masterminds. And actually like right now I'm part of three of them, literally. Like I'm a part of three different types of masterminds. Um, and when, when I started this, I can tell a contractor like, well, to get leads and get sales and to have an operating system and actually perfect your permitting process all the way to, to the construction, to recruiting, to hiring VAs, to all the things, right? Like I could do that, but this is a whole nother business. It's two types of businesses that I'm running. Now it's like, wait, so to move forward on that, 
I, I literally for years was in my head, like, man, like how I asked you about the podcast, like I did that kind of stuff, like, should it be called Freedom Brothers? Should it be called this? Should it be called like all over, right? Just, and I never made any decisions. I'm very thankful that I didn't though um, at that time because I needed to learn what I needed to learn. And now is definitely the time and the last many months have been the time. It's, I actually launched it in May. And what I did was I reached out to as many contractors as I know and I created an Excel spreadsheet of 100 companies people that I know that might be interested. If not, they might know someone that's interested to, to be a part of the contractor hot seat. And I just started calling them and inviting them, calling them, inviting them, calling them, inviting them. And as time went on, I started hearing the need like, well, this community would be better if we did this. And we just like a month ago, put the community into a forum online where we have recordings. It has like a classroom and it's super organized. And then I can create recordings and like post it on there and lock people out or unlock people. And, and like, I didn't get there until hearing what they needed. They're like, well, it'd be cool if we did this. So I did research and then did that. And then as far as outreach and like getting strangers, literally strangers that I don't know rather than just friends is, uh, I put up an ad, like literally with my phone, recorded it, horrible video, horrible audio. And I started paying for ads. $10 a day per ad. There was three ads just to see what happens. And I actually got leads, um, which was crazy and had ads going out there on Instagram and Facebook. And then uh, like two weeks later, I perfected the ads. We just got like 30 contractor next uh, between the next like two weeks. I have 30 new meetings with contractors, one-on-one -on -one zoom meetings where I'm helping them analyze one if they're a good fit for freedom brothers and that's like 20 ish percent of the time they most likely would be a good fit for contractor hot seat and then helping them get like momentum now like whether it's their marriage um and we i rate them on the call like i have them rate on the call where are you at with your faith if you were to say where are you at with your relationship with your wife and your kids where are you at with your finances and your body and actually, his, consistently, the, guess guess what the weakest one is? If I had to guess, and they're contractors, they're working a lot, I'm going to say they're family. Okay. I So I would say that too, honestly, but it's their uh, finances. Really? So most, actually, I don't know one person off the top of my head right now that said, no, there's a couple guys that said family, but mostly finances, which to me, that's the easiest one to solve. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, well, great. Let's solve that now, which can free you up to think about your body, free you up. Because when you're going paycheck to paycheck, day to day, taken from Paul to Peter, Peter to Paul, and you can't even think about your, it's hard to think about your body, hard to think about your wife being neglected and your kids not seeing dad and, and your faith. Like all that stuff is on the back burner because you have to do these things now. And so we help solve that first. Yeah, and I want to unpack something that you said that maybe the listeners didn't catch on. You said that you didn't. You're in. The, you're at a business um, part of your your life in business where you don't. You don't even know what you're doing. Like you're trying to still figure this part out, but you had the courage to put yourself out there and go learn and go do it without knowing what to do. But you figured it out, and that, and that's what you have to do. Like you're not every 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 level of business has been different. 
And you just get to those points like, I don't know what I what to do. How, I don't know how to get there. But we just you have the courage. You just go figure it out. And, and I commend you for that because a lot of people won't do that. And you, you were doing the cold calling, doing the, e- the cold emailing, walking around with a cell phone, making three different ads to see which ones, uh, you spending $10 a day on each ad to see which one does b- the best, right? Okay, well, this one's done really good. Let's, let's do two more versions like this one. And like, okay, well, this one, this one works better. You're like, it's just figuring out which that ad is going to do really bad. Now you're going to spend $30 on this one ad that's going to just generate lead after lead after lead. And that's the little thing that it takes. But you have to, you have to go do it. I, I want to add this too, and a lot, a lot of people might not know this. I don't know if you're using it. If not, you should. So I'm, I don't actually know what I'm using because I'm not overseeing marketing. But it's the software that actually will A-B test all of our ads and all of our short form uh, ads. And it will A-B test and then it will automatically like put the least producing one on the back burner and double down on the one that's getting the most results all through AI. Whereas before I would be used, I would have to pay like a marketing team to do that. Now it's just literally being done AI. Like my leads uh, just in the last week for Freedom Brothers went from $142 a lead down to 12. Amazing. What is that called? I don't, I'll let you know. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, but <laughs> isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's amazing. I, I yeah, don't yeah. know what it is because that's not my specialty. I don't sit in that seat. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but we tracked it literally 142 to 12, all in 10 days. And this video that I submit, it was not like a good video. I spent a minute and 20 seconds on this video. My brother, I sent it to my brother because he's he's a, a diet coach and he's trying to help people in that way. And um, he's building a similar community, but for diet. And I he's like, what? I said, George, I said, Dylan, I have uh, like 20 leads. And he's like, no way, how? And I was like, well, I got ads going. And he said, he's like, really? Show me. And I sent him my three ads going. And he says, oh, I don't like them. He's like, I think you need to work harder on them. You need to perfect them. You need to make them better. And you need to make your message more clear. And I, and my response was, my crappy ad is a lot better than the ad that you're not doing. Couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And I said, you should have seen my first ad. It was horrible. It was so bad. Um, And this is the second one. I said, and and then in a week or two, I'll perfect the video and the messaging. And then I'll perfect it again. Because I want to build a a community of contractors, thousands of contractors for free to work together to build our businesses. Like, yeah, in in your, in like those, those organic videos, you're just being genuine, you know, and it's not overproduced. And Dalton's on here, and he'll tell you one of our best videos on TikTok and uh, YouTube has like, I don't know, 15 million or 17 million views, something like that. And it's a dude in front of his iPhone talking about mosquitoes. So it just, no, and it's super simple like that. And, but again, people are just trying to over perfect it and make it like your brother said, like, oh, it's not good enough. I don't like it. But guess what? It's still 90% more than what everyone else is doing. Yeah, well, and that's where I try to turn it back over to my brother. Like, you're you're saying you want to do these things too, but you're you're literally paralyzed because you massive want action, to massive and action. I, like what I'm doing is way better. And on top of that, as a testimony, the people that are joining Freedom Brothers, 
He said, when I saw your video, he said instantly something like, he said, I felt it. I knew I needed to work with you. I knew it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just being genuine. You're being yourself. Exactly. And so anyway, that's, that's exciting. I'll, I'll send you the information. Cool. I appreciate it. Uh, I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit ago. Um, you kind of, you had it in there, but what do the next five years look like for Jordan Webb? Five years? Well, I'll probably be a grandpa, possibly. <laughs> um, that sounds crazy, but... Because how old are you now? <laughs> uh, I'm 32. <laughs> 32. My oldest daughter's 16 and a half. She's almost 17, but she's super mature, super amazing. Um, if you, if you hear this and you're a young man, that's a stud and you, you should get a hold of me because, um, I'm going to do like my own form of bachelorette. <laughs> it's like, I want to have like the, the awesome dude anyway, but I do yeah. see myself becoming a grandfather in my thirties, the next eight years for sure, which is crazy. That means five of my kids would be out of my house if they move out of 18, um, by 40 and I'll have three kids left. So that's kind of like something I, I just accepted a couple of weeks ago. I just realized like, wait a minute, I'm 32. I'm probably going to be a grandfather before I'm 40. Like, wow, that's crazy. Anyway, so that's cool. But the next five years, um, I I want to help thousands and thousands of contractors transform their business. That's like the most simplest thing. That's my vocation that like feeds my soul and um it's doing what Jonathan did with us. Like I can't, I'm so glad to do that. Um, so that's one thing, helping contractors and building the best deck building system that you can have and take and finding deck building companies across the States, buying them um, or revamping them or uh, helping them build, you know, we don't have to have ownership, but basically building a like portfolio of businesses across the states around that industry and just getting really, really, really good at it. Um, so that making tons of memories, I want to travel the world uh, with my kids. So every time one of my kids turns 16, we're going to do an international trip. So in the next five years, I'll be doing five international trips with that one kid and my wife. Um, so we want to travel and I want my body to, to never look like this again. Like this is okay, but like, where it's going to be in a year and two years, it's just going to stay like that for the rest of my life. Like I will never let my body get to where it, where it was and where it is now even. Like um, actually Tommy Mello said something. I think it was Tommy or it was Andy. Andy. Uh, Elliot. Andy, Elliot, dude, he's phenomenal. <laughs> he's a monster. <laughs> he is. But Tommy Mello, I think. Oh, no, it was Tommy. I think he was talking to Grant. He said... My business is the best it's ever been, but it's the worst it'll ever be. I love that. It's the best that it's ever been, but it's the worst that it'll ever be. And I see that with my faith, my family, my fitness, my finances. It's the best it's ever been, but it's the worst it'll ever be. Truly. Like that's what I'm going to be doing in five years. Cool. And the question that I always end with, what are you most proud of? Probably the relationship that I have with my wife because of where we started and what we went through and the fact that we're here, we had like several touch and go years of marriage. And um, I'm most proud that we're still together, stronger than ever, more connected than we've ever been ever. And um, we've known each other for 26 years since I was six years old. And um, we, I mean, actually like 
nine months ago, we were going through the hardest season of our marriage ever. And uh, it actually made us way stronger though. Like where we're at now is amazing. Like literally her dreams in marriage and my dreams in marriage are both happening at the same time. Super awesome. Yeah. And, and there, there are so many stories that we could talk about that you've been through that just don't need to talk here, but it's been a wild ride and uh, it's been, it's been fun talking to you. Uh, I, I appreciate, I appreciate your friendship more than you probably ever know. Uh, we don't talk every day, but I can still consider you one of my best friends. So uh, you know that I'm always reading for you. I'm always following you closely. And uh, again, thanks for your friendship. Thanks for spending time with us today. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on.